poured into my life for decades. Mm. And I'm so honored that he would come here and just open up the word of God and just lay it in our hearts. Would you do me a favor and would you greet along with me Pastor Bob McGregor tonight? Ah. Yeah. No, I got it. I got it. Thank you. Maybe seated on this schedule. We're supposed to preach for 20 minutes and then we're going to get to work. And that's exciting. I was telling someone today, you got to kind of warm up in this gift, you know, this prophetic thing. So I'm just kind of sensing tonight that there's someone here who's had or has a mother. If you've had or has a mother, raise your hand. Okay, I'm just getting warmed up here. Just getting kind of warmed up in the area of revelation. Just make sure this thing's kind of just flowing. I sense there's some people here who've had a cousin before. I mean, if you've had a cousin, just raise your hand. Yeah. All right, man. We're getting down. We're narrowing it down now. We're narrowing it down. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 1. You're going to be an easy crowd to preach to. Yeah, a little shout out and a little shout back. And We're going to go to Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel. Chapter 1, verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip. And I want to just kind of emphasize this thing. Philip didn't find Jesus. Now, Philip makes this declaration a few verses later. He didn't find Jesus. Jesus found him. You know, people try to figure out if I'm a Calvinist or an Armenian. I'm really a Calmenian. I won't get myself slot in any camp, but I will say this. You're not here tonight because it was your idea. You're here tonight because you, dead in your sins, he came and awakened you. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just nice. You got resuscitated. Oh. I got resuscitated. God has his hook in you and he's stirring you up. You may be angry about what's going on here, but we're not intimidated by that. Oh. You're a goner. You're, you're a goner. And God's got his hand on you in a very, very strange way. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Of course, when he finds us, it really is the end of our life. We give up everything and we follow him. My son-in-law, my son-in-law Ryan, who was in his father's church in northern Washington, he did a youth meeting and a gathering with his dad there in the front row, and two kids got saved, and he was really pumped up. He got them saved. He brought him up, and the guy and the kid on his left, he said, tell me how you're feeling. Man, I'm just feeling like, man, different, like 100 pounds are off me, and I'm just a new person, and man, this is something else. He said to the kid, I was right, well, how do you feel? I feel terrible. <laughs> I just lost everything. <laughs> this is going to cost me, and he just walked out. <laughs> you know, he's probably closer to the kingdom of God. <laughs> Follow me. He comes, he makes us alive, but there is a price. You get some wonderful prophetic words, but they, they do cost you. I can see you just touching people in Africa by the thousands. So good. Have you ever been to Africa? <laughs> the Matoki gets old after the first day. Mosquitoes, 
My wife woke up one night in Kenya and looked across at the, you know, we had these little beds that we had to sleep in, so we were sleeping in separate beds. It was an Ozzy and Harriet moment for those old timers. <laughs> she looked, looked at there and just mosquitoes covered my whole body. So, you know, the prophetic word may sound very dramatic sometimes, but the working out of this thing is just a little bit different. Yeah. Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda in the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael. This is how evangelism takes place. He finds, he finds Nathanael and says to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Obviously, Jesus made such an incredible impression upon <clears throat> Philip that he wanted to go tell someone else. Our best evangelism program is Jesus had a profound effect on your life. I had a friend of mine in the logging community where I used to teach, and, and uh, he got born again. He worked in a sawmill. He's trying to tell his friend how he got born again. He says, well, how do you know you're born again? He says, how do you know you got hit in the head with a mallet? You just know. <laughs> and so he just, he's, he's turned on, and he goes, and, he's, and Philip said to him, and Nathaniel said back to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, we may be a little bit too hard on Nathaniel being cynical, just attacking little Nazareth. Nazareth really didn't have a great reputation, it was known as actually an immoral town. And wouldn't it just be just like God who would come and dwell among us to the lowest element of us, to the least significant of us, to the lowest common denominator of us, so he could identify with all of us. And so can anybody come to Nazareth? There's no prophecy about Nazareth, the prophecy is little town of Bethlehem. And you know, this guy's coming out of Nazareth not knowing the whole background of Jesus' birth and he's just being a, a rabbi, a rabbinical here when he's, when he's sharing that. And so Philip says to him, verse 46, come and see. And I think the best, the best evangelism is the come and see evangelism. I think that's just what's happening at Heart of the City Church. You guys gotta come and see spirit. I mean, this place is on fire. J.O. just burns. Just come watch this guy burn. Just come watch. He just set on fire. Just watch him burn. That's what Wesley said to his young preachers. He just, just set yourself on fire and people will come. And I think people come to see J.O. manifest. And, uh, <laughs> and they just get in. Everyone's all fired up. Everyone's believing. You got cancers leaving bodies. You got tumors shrinking. You got Jesus in the house. Amen. Amen. Well, you got, you got Jesus in the house. You got to come and see this place. So people are coming to see because you have had an encounter with what Moses and the prophets have talked about, and it's touched you. And I mean, I don't have an answer about that, but come and see. I'm not going to debate with you because, you know, it's above my pay grade, but just come and see. You know, God has done a great deliverance in your life. And I just saw you over here worshiping tonight, and man, you are like the... You are the poster child of deliverance. And I mean, you are, you have been set free in a miraculous way. Jesus has come like a chainsaw and just chawed off the, the past. And you're gonna have a ministry of deliverance to other people. You're gonna learn what it is to not just process with people, but have power in seeing people broke free. There was a church of the Jesus People Movement in Redondo Beach, California. They claimed that they saw 30 million heroin addicts set free 
all in 30 seconds. They called it the 30-second cure. And I believe that you'll have a deliverance thing to set people free, that what was once against you, now you will be against that. Where you are under the foot, you will be a foot under that head. Amen. I'm glad I found you because I thought I lost you, so I just had to share that. Getting warmed up. We're going from mom prophecies down to something specific here. <laughs> and so Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, and he says, Behold, an Israelite indeed, indeed in whom there is no deceit. And so he's reading with supernatural insight this man's character. And Nathanael said to him, how do, you, how do you know me? Now, I know that sounds kind of conceited. But let's put it in a little better package on what Jesus was really saying to him. In other words, I'm glad somebody recognizes how righteous I am. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, here's a man who is an absolute seeker of truth. And man, he's just, Nathanael says, how, how did you know that? He's having an encounter with the Son of God, a prophetic encounter with the Son of God. How'd you know me? And Jesus answered, and he said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, yes, there's two aspects to this, that Jesus had knowledge that he was under a fig tree doing something, and Nathanael came and found him under that fig tree. Now, here's what is more rich in the story. It was the custom of this day that rabbis would study the law sitting under an olive tree, a fig tree, or a vine. And they would sit under that and study the law. So this seeker of truth was probably contemplating and meditating upon the scriptures when Philip came and found him. And people know that God knows your number, he knows where you're at. He knows how to answer your questions. I just heard a miraculous story. My wife and I had the honor of visiting a 91-year-old wonderful saint who is you know, in hospice care in the end of her life, and we went to do a kind of a shut-in visit as pastors. And as we were there, her daughter and son-in-law were there, and they said, tell, tell Pastor Bob the story of how your mom got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, this woman's 91 Okay, so she's born, you know, in somewhere like 1915, somewhere around there. So her mother, born in the 1800s, she was Norwegian, and they all settled in Bismarck, North Dakota, and this is the 1920s. Her mom's a good Lutheran Norwegian, and she's studying her Bible. And as she's studying her Bible, she comes to the book of Acts, and she sees what happens on the day of Pentecost. And she, see, she speaks a simple prayer. God, if this is... For me, when I'm reading, would you give it to me? Broke out speaking in tongues right there. The father, her father, didn't know what it was going on, so he rushed all the kids into a room, gathered them, and this old lady was one of the kids, saying to the kids, your mother is dying. Wow. The kids hear mom speaking in tongues, papa doesn't know what's going on, mama's dying. Wow. And she said, well, she didn't die. The next morning she was making us pancakes. <laughs> And so that's great, gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. But a few days later, a man knocks on the door, kind of a, you know, a man in the community, didn't know her real well, but this man had been walking down the railroad tracks. And then walking down the railroad tracks, he sees this book, she said, I think it was a purple book, by the railroad tracks, just sitting there next to the rail. 
he grabs this book and he sees that it's kind of a spiritual religious book, so he, he doesn't know what to do with it, but he thinks about Hazel, our 91-year-old saint's mother. I'm gonna go bring it to her. So he knocks on the door of the house, and I don't, forgot her, I don't know her mom's name, but Hazel's mom, Hazel's mom opens the door, and he says, ma'am, I know that you're a religious person. I was walking on the railroad track, and I found this book, and I thought I'd give it to you. And the name of the book was This Is That, written by Amy Simple McPherson, that teaches on what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How many people know that when you're there, you know, in the middle of Africa or in Bismarck, North Dakota, <laughs> that, that God will find you if you got questions and he's going to reveal himself. God's just faithful in this thing. We think we want people to get saved more than God. And, you know, we got these anxiety in all our questions. God, God's got this thing under control. So most likely Nathaniel's there seeking the scriptures and meditating and, and, and Philip finds him. We've got to bring him in. And so his response to this, he said, Rabbi, verse 49, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. He has had a confrontation with the son of God who had a supernatural insight into his life prophetically and it transformed him. Now I love this. Jesus answered and said to him, almost I can hear chuckling. <laughs> because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. I want everyone to say greater things. Come on, I think Jesus is into greater things. Come on, he is, he says in greater things and he's gonna talk about that in a second. He actually said to his disciples, greater things shall you do than I do because I go to the Father. In other words, you know, I'm just one man in one body with the Holy Ghost moving on me and through me, but I gotta now move through you, so it's not gonna be greater in sensation, it's gonna be greater in quantity. Before we put our head on the pillow tonight, how many cancers will be healed? And how many blind eyes open? And how many people released from demonic bondage? And how many people coming into the kingdom of God? Missiologists think close to 150,000 people will get saved today. Okay, greater things shall you do than I do. He's into the greater. He's going to give a greater statement here in verse 51. We've got to think greater. God is going to take this church to greater things. If you're, if you're an old guy, if you're, you're like me. If you're 60 years old, you just can't say, you know, I'm going to shift down, got my 401K, I'm just going to do this. Come on, we got to think greater. greater. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm going to give up my church one day and let some young guy take on all the headaches and do everything, and I'll receive a little pension from it and laugh at him. But, <laughs> but I'm not going to sit down and say, no, no, my best days are behind me. Your best days are not behind you. If you're here tonight, you felt like, you know, I gave it my best, but now I'm going to coast my way into heaven. I want to deliver you from that. You know, Colonel Sanders started his chain of chicken restaurants in his 60s. Laura uh, Wild Ingalls wrote her books in her 60s. Ronald Reagan, you know, became president of the United States. What, the age of 68, was it? Come on, you're not done yet. Quit, quit just thinking you're going to kind of go off to happy, hollow rest home. Come on, we're going to believe for greater things. 
Don't let these young kids push you around. Maybe you're here and you've had a failure. Maybe you're on your third marriage. Maybe you blew it. Maybe you went bankrupt. Come on, God makes all things new. He's still into greater things. Listen to this. He is the God of all hope. Well, there's greater things for J.O. and Radian. I've just watched them go from greater to greater to greater to greater, great to greater to greatest. I mean, I've just watched their anointing increase. It's just been magnificent to watch this take place. And it's going to go more and more. This house, I've been with this house from the beginning journey. I prophesied to this house when you were in some school <laughs> that you would go from place to place, physical wow. building-wise. Wow. And you're going to see God continue to do a progressive work of greater things in this house. Remember the little daycare center we used as a church? Remember that? I helped buy that one. Wow, what a building. Go to the bathroom, open the door, you're right in the sanctuary. Hi, everybody. Yes, that was not a waterfall from the throne of God. That was, that was the toilet. That, that was... That's what that was. You thought, you thought you heard a prophetic sound, but it wasn't. And he said to him, most assuredly, (coughs) he's going to give us a progressive vision. Assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, Jesus is referring to the story of Jacob's ladder. Turn with me to Genesis 28, and we'll bring this thing home. We're going to have a good night tonight, aren't we? Yes. I mean, I, mean I, I, I think some drunk from a tavern could preach in this place and be anointed. It's just... This is just good stuff. All right. Just good. Come on, he's referring to Jacob, says, Jacob's a picture of me, his life is a picture of me. What happened in Genesis 28 pointed to me. And we gotta understand, we gotta understand Genesis 28 to understand what Jesus said. There's actually a ministry, a mission ministry that goes to unreached people groups, and their whole strategy of leading people to Christ is a little bit unorthodox, because they believe you really can't understand salvation unless you understand the Old Testament. So they take these, you know, these cannibals and stuff and they learn their language, put the language in Scripture, and they start from Genesis, take them all the way through the, you know, the children of Israel, the patriarchs, the sacrifices and everything. So when they get to the gospel, all these aboriginal people are just, well, that's, that's like the lamb, of, the lamb that was slain to get the children of Israel out of, you know, out of Egypt. And, and that's, like, that's like Moses lifted up that serpent when, when the snakes were biting because they were murmuring in the wilderness. They know their Bible. Now, when I got saved, I was in an Episcopalian church and I was reading the Book of Common Prayer and it said the Lamb of God. And I just think, man, that's so cool. The Lamb of God. What's that? <laughs> So Jacob, Genesis 28, he's running for his life. Now, God is going to reveal himself to Jacob, not because Jacob is a good kid. I mean, his name is horrible. I don't know why people named their kids like they did in the Bible. 
His name is Deceiver. I'd like you to meet my uh, second born son. Hey, Deceiver, come on. We call him C for short, you know. Man, this kid can lie. This kid can lie, this kid can cheat, I'm telling you. He's ripped, his, he's ripped his brother off of his birthright and his inheritance, and his brother is kind of, you know, you know, he invented CrossFit. He's a hairy man, and he loves the animal meat, and he's, he was one of the first paleo guys. You know, he just, he's nothing to mess with. He's a hunter, he's, he's a stud, he's full of testosterone. He's going to kill his little soft-skinned chef of a brother. He's running for his life, who's swindled him, and God is going to come to him in this state of fear and panic and rebellion, and he's just made a mess of his life, and he's going to show himself to him. Isn't that beautiful how God does that with us? You see, there's an old gospel song, maybe you remember this, mark me from your old days in the Nazarene church, called Climbing Jacob's Ladder. We don't climb Jacob's Ladder. We don't have a, 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 we don't build it from earth to heaven. It was extended from heaven to earth. God comes to us. This is so important to me because in the days where I get insecure, I got to go back to my basics that God hunted me down. And even when he hunted me down, he knew I would be like I am and he knew I'd make the decisions that I'm making. He knew that I would be struggling with this, and I find security in that. He came to a certain place and stayed there at, at, all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he laid down in that place to sleep. And then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, I want you to know this, the Lord, it doesn't say, it's not, it's not, it's not El, it's, it's Jehovah here. It's the covenant name by which God reveals himself to Moses. The covenant making and covenant keeping God who says, I will be whatever you need me to be for you, stands above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land in which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. There was a covenant he made with Abraham and Isaac, and he was keeping his covenant. He revealed himself to Jacob, not because Jacob was worthy, but because God was faithful. Also, your descendants shall be the same promise he gave to his father and his grandfather as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south. And in, in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed, which is fulfilled by the way in Jesus. And behold, I am with you. I am with you to keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. I will not leave you until I'm done what I have spoken to you. And God goes to great extents, great extents to make sure you will land in his will. Wow. Now that ladder represents God coming to us. We sing, heaven comes down. Jesus said, ha, because I gave you a word of knowledge under the fig tree, you think, I'm the son of God? Before this thing's over, you're gonna see a ladder from heaven come down. 
What he's saying, he says, I am God who has come down to you. And you're going to see because of this, you're going to see heaven come down. That's why in the next chapter, Jesus performs his first miracle. You're going to see heaven come down. The angels obviously speak of God's help. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 says, They're ministering spirits who are sent to aid us and minister to us. So God is going to be his helper. He's going to have the aid of heaven. Angels do God's bidding. They give God's messages. They bring protection to the people of God. They are sent by God to do what God does in protecting you and I, guiding you and I. They even came to Jesus after the temptation and strengthened him. Many times you've probably been strengthened by angels and you didn't know it. Jesus says, angels are going to be ministering to me and on me. And from this point, I'm going to go to heaven and be your intercessor. And I'm going I'm to mediate for you when I do. God's going to send angels to you. God's going to send angels to carry you and strengthen you. Come on, I've had people pray for people that I work with on the other side of the world with a word of knowledge and prayer about a person I was working with in the United States and wrote me letters. I was in the prayer center and I prayed for this one and that one. And Come on, God just knows where you're at. He sends his ministering angels to you. Come on. And then we have the Lord God at the top of that ladder. God is the, the Lord, not just of the universe, but he is the Lord over the storms and the circumstances and the journey of your life. And you need to understand God is orchestrating your journey. You say, well, I don't know. You don't know what I've been through. How could God be orchestrating my life with some of the things that I've gone through? Fair question. But my, my mother was a paranoid schizophrenic and a hoarder, and I lived in garbage for 19 years. I mean, I lived in a garbage dump for 19 years. I was molested by a man that threatened to severely hurt me, said he worked for the government and kind of a branch of the CIA doing assassinations and threatened to hurt me if I ever double-crossed him. So I know a little bit about pain. And you, say, you can say to me that God was orchestrating the... Your life, even then, yes. It drove me to Christ. It gave me compassion. And as I told the leaders today, it put a thorn in me that never left. So that God could use me. Jail lost his whole family, almost. Sister, his parents, all killed. You can say God was over the circumstances of his life, yeah. God has taken what the enemy meant for evil, and God has brought it to good. But he is the Lord. Jacob, Jacob's running for his life. Come on, and God is over that ladder saying, Jacob, man, I'm with you. And then he reveals himself as Jehovah. He reveals himself as the one who's the God of his father and his grandfather, in other words, he's a covenant-keeping God. In other words, he's a covenant promise God. He's a, a God who makes promises to us that he's going to keep. Now, I know some of these prophecies are conditional, but I want you to know that there is a commitment from Jesus to finish this thing yeah. in you. He who began a good work shall what? Finish, finish it. it. He is a covenant-keeping, covenant-making God. Well, some of you are being rattled right now in the kingdom of God because, because maybe your grandmother prayed for you. 
Come on, I'm, because of her, I'm coming after you. He's over you. You got to rest in this thing. He's over me. He's going to take me somewhere. He's alive. He's active. My, my goal as a pastor is to make God big in your life. If I can make God big in your life, you're going to become a big person. And then on top of that, the last thing is he gives a promise. He gives a promise to Jacob. And he says this. Verse 15, behold, I am with you. And what does Jesus say to us? I am with you, even at the end of the age. I am Jesus who's come down from a ladder from heaven to earth. And there's a connection now from this point on, Philip, with me ministering heaven on earth and bringing the kingdom, which is the power of the presence of heaven on earth, the dynamic reign of God. And you know what? When I go to be with the Father after my resurrection, I'm going to give the comforter, the comforter, the helper, which means in the Greek, alas, another helper, one of the same kind as Jesus. I'm going to give you a helper as the same kind as me. And he's going to be with you. And you're going to do greater things than I do. Because I'm with you. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I'm going to be with you even unto the end of the age. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to fulfill the promises of God in our lives. And we are going to get to the finish line. Every one of you is going to get to the finish line. And we're not going to leave anyone behind. Amen. Come on. We're just going to get everybody across that line. I played football for many years. There was always some poor, big, heavy lineman who just couldn't run the drills like we did. So sometimes we have to run back and get them and push them across the line. If we have to come and get you, we'll push you across that line. Jesus is stubborn. He's going to work out his purposes in you. He's going to fulfill his promises. He's arrived. His kingdom has arrived. And he's going to come with supernatural demonstrations way beyond just a word of knowledge or a little prophecy. Come on, we're going to see the lid blowing off this place. You're going to see greater things. Everyone say greater. greater. That's the word God said to me yesterday. That God's going to do a greater work here. This is a great, great work. There's a couple. You got to think a blue shirt on. J.O. wanted me to make sure I didn't forget the balcony tonight. You were standing right next to the glass out here. That's you two right there. I think of blonde. Why well, there you go? Wave. Hi guys. You know what? There's a, a new season of your life. I believe God has taken the scales off your eyes and getting you to see things in the Word that you have not really seen before. You're tired of, you know, kind of the same. You know, give me that old time religion. You're kind of tired of good old time religion. You're wanting some reality, and you've come to as seekers even in this place. To find, is this the place where God's doing something? And does God want to do something more in our life? And I believe that, that if you continue on to this journey, you're going to be shocked what he's going to do with you. Brother, you're going to be like people you used to criticize. <laughs> you're going to be... You're going to be one of those strange, charismatic believers, baptized in the Spirit, and 
you're going to find yourself crying. You're going to find yourself passionate. You're going to find yourself all of a sudden being subjective and hearing the voice of God. And it's just not a, really a part of your background or personality. But I think God's going to ruin you. And you want to know what? It, 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 it's going to be good. I think your wife's been praying for you. I think she says, God, we've got to do more. And you're kind of a stubborn bugger. <laughs> and she's just, you know, God, just get this brick and melt it. And, uh, you know, and you are. You are. You're a sponder. And, you know, you're a tough boy. And uh, when God gets a hold of you, you're going, to be, you're going to be an instrument in your hand. There's an evangelistic thing in you. You are going to share your faith. You're going to be a Jesus sharer, Jesus gospel preaching person. You're going to, you got, he like talk to anybody and you're bold as a lion. And so God is going to touch you by the spirit to do that. You receive all this? I'm not just like, this is not like you have a mother prophecy. I'm trying to narrow it down here. <laughs> Man, Father, I release this couple right now in this new thing you're doing. Ruin them. Ruin them by the Holy Ghost. Open the book up. Lord, they're going to get taught, and they're going to grow, and they're going to be dynamic, Lord God, in the kingdom of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, J.O., uh, you got a little agenda? I do. Okay, good. I'm going to get off the platform. You can stay really close. I don't personally have an agenda, really. I don't think maybe a little bit, but uh, I think it's a Holy Spirit agenda because we're going to set in... Uh, Don is an elder tonight. We decided if you were if 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 you're a guest, let me quickly fill you in. Don and Debbie's been in the fishbowl for a year. What does that mean? It means that we presented him to the church last January, uh, and he has been walking with us, coming to our elders meeting. He's been a pet. P e t. What is a pet? potential elder in training. So he is uh, just a wonderful man. If you want to see a man who fulfills the requirements of Timothy and Titus, I believe Don does. But not just requirements, but also expectations, which a lot of people don't think about. He fulfills the expectations. We're going to lay hands on them. I've asked, I've asked the visiting ministers to Pray over him, and as God moves upon Debbie, uh, upon them concerning you guys, then so be it. If you were at our family voting last weekend, if you were a member after church last week, after the 11:30, we voted on three things, and this was one of them. And so he's voted in. Amen. So. <laughs> Could I have you guys come up? Can you just welcome them and love on them as we... Let's prophesy. Does, does, anybody, does anybody love Don and Debbie? <laughs> uh, just, just to be... If you don't love Don and Debbie, it's probably, honestly, probably just because you don't know them. Because they're amazing people. Could I have you guys come up and, hey, can I, was that an incredible word by Pastor Bob? Or oh my goodness.
Wow. You can be seated. We're just going to begin to pray over them and, and uh, see how the Holy Spirit moves. I want you to come on. I, I want you guys to know Neil and Diana because we, I, you know, I've known Neil and Diana for years now. They've been elders in the house for years, but the church grows and so many new people, it's hard to keep people, you know, everyone who is the elders and what have you. And, and I want you to know them tonight. And sweetheart, would you come up here with me? And we're just going to pray over them and, and uh, just... Uh, See what the Holy Spirit says Amen. and what the Holy Spirit does. We really love this couple and praise God. Amen. 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 Go, buddy. This is a great night for you, and uh, it should be, because uh, you're here not just by, yes, your desire, but not just your own, your desire. But you're here by the Father's desire. And so it's even as you have uh, walked and journeyed, God's been on that journey with you. And tonight you're reaching one of those wonderful places in life, one of those Ebenezer's. You know, when Abraham would go someplace, or even like Pastor Bob was preaching tonight, and Jacob, when he goes to Bethel, and he lays his head on a rock just, you know, to go to sleep. And then he sees the vision of uh, a ladder coming from heaven. He says, surely this is the house, the place of God. And you are in this place because God Almighty himself has directed your steps. So, you know, let your heart be glad. Rejoice. Savor this moment. Savor this week. Savor this, this day. Just, so just, just linger and bask in this. Probably the Lord has uh, commissioned the two of you uh, almost like on a military assignment. You are tender warriors. Your hearts are compassionate. Your hearts are, are uh, soft toward people. But at the same time, there's a warrior spirit inside of you that goes after the gates of hell, that goes after the powers of darkness to snatch the, uh, snatch the precious soul out of the enemy's hands. And I just sense tonight that the Lord is just uh, uh, clothing you with the new suit of armor. I just see him putting an armor and just, just kind of bolting it around you. And you're like, Lord, this feels a little bit different, a little bit awkward. But the Lord says, you're going to grow into it. It's armor you're going to grow into. It's armor that you're going to appreciate and learn to work and learn to use in the days ahead. And the Lord says there's a, a sharpening that's coming upon you. Even the skills and even uh, administratively and, and just... Uh, uh, God will give you just the wisdom as you guys talk strategy and, and where you're going and, 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 and what's going to take place. There's going to come just a, a, a clarity that God is going to pour into your heart and in your mind. Just a sharpness. Amen. Prayers, Amen. the teaching of the word, Amen. the counseling, just opening up uh, the heart of God to people that have never Amen. experienced it. Amen. But I believe also you're going to be dispensers of revival revival not just in the context of a service inside the house what happened in these four walls but there'll be people you'll counsel people you're going to talk with and as you open up your heart you're going to see miracles signs and wonders deliverances salvation whole households coming to Christ. And I want to make the two of you a sign and a wonder 
that even as you just stand in the house of God, people will look at you, and as they look at you, they're going to get strength. They're going to get encouragement. They're going to be built up because you're going to be a signpost in the house of God of what God can do in people's lives if they just trust him. So God's going to use you when you're aware of it. He's going to use you even when you're not aware of it. You may be having a bad day, but God's going to be using you in ways that are just wonderful and amazing. For I have put in the both of you so many different tools in your tool bag and so many different instruments that are useful for the house. And I have prepared you for this day. I've given you experiences, mm -hmm. says the Lord, that I have orchestrated. Experiences that are ones that have led you through even journeys of heartache and journeys of confusion. But I have been with you through all these different steps, says the Lord, to really put into your hands a tool bag that would be useful for the, the people of God and the house of God to help build a strong house, a house that is effective and, and building and that is not going to be uh, collapsing in the winds of the change of time and different adversities, a strong house is going to be a part of what you're building, a house that is going to withstand so many different things because in you there's a faithfulness, in you there's tools to build others into the realm of faithfulness and Holy Ghost people. They're going to have an ability to really put in people foundational truths about the Holy Spirit. You're even going to step up into that realm of answering the hard questions about God and what about this scripture and what about that? God is going to give you even, sister, supernatural answers that are even beyond your own understanding because I will be with you. I will give you the words. I have this picture of, there's a scripture that talks about the city that's set on a hill talking about Zion or the new Jerusalem. And it, it really speaks of the church. But I feel like you too have a home that's going to be set on a hill like a like a beacon, like a light is coming out of it, that your home, your very home is going to be a place of refuge and healing. There's a, there's a healing. Even when people cross the threshold of your door, there's going to be transformation as you bring people in. There's going to be opportunities to see chains fall off because your home is going to be a home set on a hill where the Lord just comes and brings healing to the, to the people that come in those doors. You're going to set a plate for them, a, a, a banquet of, of maybe even simple food, but the really the complex food, the things that are going to be deep are going to be the truths that come out in your life, in your message, your love, in the faithfulness of God. Amen, amen, amen. Hey man, I got a, just a verse quickened to me that I want to first say to you out of Psalm 56, verse 8. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? The Lord has watched over your journey, and it has not been a journey whereby you depended upon men. But as you launched out years ago on this journey of faith, 
You said if the Lord is not the one who leads us, if the Lord is not the one who confirms his will, if the Lord is not the one who opens the door and the Lord is not the one who provides, we do not want that which has been created by the schemes and the agendas of men, but we want that which is pure and the will of God. And I've taken you through many experiences and time and time again I've been the God of the 11th hour. I've been the God has come to provide, God who shut one door, open another door. I have been with you. I have guided you with my eye. You've not needed a bit or a bridle or I pull on you because you have stubborn hearts. But you have been ones who have been sensitive to listen to my voice and even honestly evaluate where you're at. You've come to this place because you know there's another dimension that we need in our life. That we appreciate our heritage and the journey we have, but yet what still lacks. And I have completed that and, and added to this, and I'm, going, I'm stretching your understanding. You've been on a very fast learning curve to learn the things uh, of what I'm doing and building in the earth. And I've done it to increase your anointing. I've done it to, to give you the security that you're no longer sojourners. You're no longer pilgrims in a strange land. But you belong to a family that will surround you from this point out in prayers. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. You're going to hide under the shadow of my wing. And what the enemy at times would want to come against to destroy you in any agenda he has, you have the promise that I will keep you and I will protect you. Even though there's a gentleness within you, there's a great courage and a great determination that we will do the will of God. There's a sincerity about you that we have sold all. We have bought the field. We have put our hand to the plow and we have not had a divided focus to look back. We have pursued to do the will of God. Even criticisms from people that you could have been here, you could have done that. And you've passed up even opportunities to make money and, and prosper even in the natural. I'm going to reward you. You're gonna know what it is to know the reward of the servants of the Lord. And I'm gonna give you a people that's going to cause uh, you to look and say, look at the, the fruit that God has done because we've been obedient to his call. I'm even going to even broaden your vision and your dreams in the future of what I would do with you. It'll be far exceedingly above what you ask or think. It's because you have gained, O oh man of God, and O oh woman of God, you have gained a new confidence, oh, even in this place. You're no longer hiding like beaten children in a corner. But you come out loved and confident that we are strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And that anointing is flowing in through our lives. And I'm going to open doors for you that you could not walk through in other times. Uh, but now you will be able to. One of the things that's going to happen to you, my brother, is that you're going to be a connector of ministries. You're going to be like the, 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 at the center of a hub where you're going to bring all these spokes together and coordinate to the advancement of the kingdom of God. You're going to work yourself into favor with many, many leaders. I'm going to use you. And I know your dream about Honduras. And I'm going to use you. But I see just such a bridge from this house to there, there and back. And I just feel that the Lord is really speaking.
to not just go build on a past foundation, to build something new. There's something new. Appreciate that, but it's not, it's an old wineskin. And there's a new wine and a new wineskin God's going to use through you. He's, I got a picture of you tonight, like you used to be kind of a nice Yamaha, you know, guitar, nylon strings, tiny bubbles, you know, <laughs> leaving on a jet plane. But God's making you into an electric guitar. You got more fire, more energy, more intensity, more loudness, more boldness. And because of that, you can't have an old dream because your old dream and the old wineskin had within it your old view of yourself. Wow. But now the new view of yourself has to contain a new dream. Yeah. And this is, this is what's going to take place. He's going to reward you for submitting to the process and to make this house great. You two have been friends to J.O. and Ray Dean when they needed one. You were like, a, you were like just like water in a desert in a dry season relationally to them. You refreshed them. You put their shield back up. You've been an armor bearer. You took some bullets. You were falsely accused. And God's going to erase even the judgment that was spoken against you for being loyal. I'm going to reward you openly. My hand is on you, O man of God. And you're not just one just kind of following along and for the ride just watching your husband do his thing. You're going to find yourself really speaking to women in an incredible way. Especially helping them understand the ways of God. You don't have an ambitious bone in your body. But you have an incredible volume of love. And because of that you're going to teach people how to be not do. And how to walk with God. Your whole story of walking with Jesus is a bestseller. Wow. Write it. Record it. Sermonize it. Put it together. Because I see you before companies of women yes. telling the story of faith. Wow. Come on, you join Sarah. And you, join, you join Rebecca. And you join Rachel. And you join Ruth. You join that whole club. You're one of them. You're a woman of faith. Because of it, you're going to see tremendous promises possessed and things take place that you've been praying for. You're, going to have, you're a woman who has great influence Thanks. with God. Move his hand. And you pray, he listens. Not only because of the blood of Jesus, but he looks upon the acts of sacrifice that you've made. And he just says, you're a daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Very few people know the sacrifices you have made. But God keeps the records. And God invites you to a place of intimacy with him. To move his hand in prayer. And to speak the testimony of your story. A living epistle. Read and known of all people. I will do greater things in your vision. Therefore sit before me and allow me to reveal things that you do not know. That I might accomplish my purpose through you, says your God. Just real quickly, Don and Debbie. I was sitting back there thinking about you guys, realizing that uh, it was a sound that brought you to us. What, three years ago, four years ago, they walked for the first time through the doors of part of the city church. 
and they've been here ever since. And so the Lord, I'm so honored, and Diana and I are both honored to walk with this couple. The Lord dropped into me out of 1 Timothy, Timothy, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. Brother, you're a preacher and you're a teacher. Sister, you are too. We love you, and I just am so honored to work with you. So honored. Just sitting here, I just felt the Lord just kind of put this on my heart. And uh, I, I believe God wants to kind of hook these guys up for a, a, a honeymoon. How many of you know that, uh, everybody's like, what? <laughs> but I, I just believe tonight we're supposed to, as a, as a church, bless them. And we'll put a bucket up here. And as uh, the Lord speaks to your heart, just come and put something in it. They can't use this money to pay bills. Listen, listen, listen. This, this isn't bill money. This isn't money for kids, money to do stuff around the house. This is money for you guys to go get out and go do something, okay? Okay? All right? That's what this is for. So if, I can, if we, can get a, we can get a bucket and then just, just come on and just put something in there. Just come on up. Yeah. Yeah, debit card. cool is this? beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh,
Praise God. If, if, if you're new here, if, you knew, if you're new here, you know this is a crazy generous church because we give because we love. We give because we no other reasons. We give for one reason, because we love. And uh, what a love gift. What a love gift. Praise God. Uh, before we go any further, my, my son said, Dad, do you mind? I just feel like I have something for them. So is that, is that okay with you guys? Seth just has a, a word over this family. So uh, I, uh, I get the privilege of uh, working with this guy here. <clears throat> um, I've heard some of your stories, so I, I, know, I know a little bit of what your background is. Um, I count that as a privilege. You guys are my friends. Um, I don't know exactly what leadership has looked like in the past that you have been under. Um, I know that you guys were a part of home Bible fellowships for a long time. And I, don't, I know that sometimes you led, but other times that you fell under leadership. And um, gosh, this has been something that's been on my heart that I've, I think I've communicated bit by bit, but so strongly tonight in kind of a different way, that I believe that, that tonight is the marking of this, it's something that I know that, I know, I know for sure this is something that you desire so much, and that it's this stamp of approval that is not in ink, but it's this welding, it is, it is a, a branding, this, it's a branding on you that no man can ever erase ever again. There's a stamp of approval that goes so far beyond any word that anyone shares with you, that goes so far beyond any opinion that anyone <coughs> has of you, any judgment that someone passes on you, whether good or bad. It's something that you never have to question in your mind again. That tonight marks the night. Now, I felt it before. I felt it that, the, that approval has been given, but I think that tonight is the cornerstone. That it's something that no one can take from you ever again. That there is a stamp of approval. Do you agree with me, church? There is a stamp of, of approval on you and your family that can never be taken away. Amen. I was just getting caught up in the moment, you know? <laughs> Something very cool happened to me while they were prophesying over this. never happened before. It's like I spell, smelled a spiritual smoke. And I, I know it's not line and verse biblical, but all I can tell you is where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> the fire of God is upon this family. And we're so proud of them. Love you guys. I don't even know what to do with that big bucket of money. You're going to just take it over there? Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you all. Thank you. Before um, we even came up here, and I want to thank all of you for your support and your love, but God really impressed upon my heart in, in the vertical room that there were people here tonight that needed to hear that this is a safe place, 
you have been hurt and you've been battered in other houses and God wants you to know that this is a safe place. This is a place where you can come and you can get poured into and you can grow and you can learn here and you don't have to worry about, am I going to fit in? Because you fit perfectly in the body of Christ because God has fitly joined the body of Christ together. So if you're at a place in your life where you're like, God, I don't know, I don't know. This, is, this church is kind of crazy. God's saying, yes. Yeah, it is. Because the things of God are so much different than the things of the world. All you've had is religion, and now it's time to taste something real. And God is drawing you to this house. He wants you to know you're safe here. Amen? Amen. We're going to go back into a worship song, and I just want to encourage you guys. We all just release your gift and, and just however God leads you. Uh, however God wants to speak through and touch people's life tonight. Wasn't that just a beautiful moment? Wow. I love whenever the Holy Spirit, hey, yo, the Holy Ghost is in control. I say, hey, yo, the Holy Ghost is in control. I say, hey, yo, the Holy Ghost is in control. I say, hey, yo, I love when the Holy Ghost is in control, huh? The Holy Ghost in control. Will you stand to your feet and let's worship and then we're just going to release the prophets to move how the Holy Spirit would move upon them tonight.
Praise God. Amen. There's a light-skinned gentleman like myself uh, sitting right there from the second row. No, you, the guy in the blue shirt. No, him, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like the Lord is about to do a, a, a miraculous thing in your life. I don't know what your history is, where you've been, what you've experienced, but what comes to my mind is a story in the book of uh, Acts chapter 3, how the Bible says there's a man who was brought to the gate beautiful. And so here's this man, he's brought to the gate beautiful, he's a, uh, he's a beggar, he's been crippled since birth, he's over 40 years of age, and uh, he's looking at uh, Peter and John walk by, and he starts to beg. He starts asking, give me, you know, a few pennies here. He's, the Bible says he's asking for alms. He's asking for something to help support him and sustain him. Peter and John look at each other, and they say, well, we don't have any uh, drachmas to give you. Silver and gold have we none, but what we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And in an instant, in an instant, a man who had never walked a day before in his life. Think about that. Neuro neurologically, he did not have the, the uh, mechanisms to walk. He didn't have the muscle uh, memory to walk. He didn't have the bones uh, strength to be able to walk. But in an, in an instant, the Bible says he stood up and he started walking and leaping and praising God. And I believe there's a dream that's deep in your heart, something God has placed deep within you that has been like dormant. And you said, okay, God, if you just give me uh, maybe just a little piece, this little piece here. But God says, no, I'm not going to just break you off a little something, something. God says, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to cause a miracle to happen. And I'm going to cause... I'm going to cause that which is laid dormant within you to rise up. You are going to be a different man. Your countenance is going to change. Your conversation is going to change. Your outlook on life is going to change. Why? Because of the miracle that God has placed within you. And you're going to be a man that's going to be walking and leaping and praising God. You know what you're going to do? You're going to go back, and you're going to get others. They're perhaps with the same gate you were, and you're going to take them by the hand, and you're going to teach them to walk. You're going to teach them to leap. You're going to teach them to praise God because the anointing of the Lord is upon you to do miracles in your life. just want to pray for you. Just come real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, just like they would say, Lord, at NASA, Houston, we have a launch. And God, today, we launch him off. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We blast him off, oh God, in you. Fulfill your word in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This gentleman right here, you, yeah. Is that your wife by ear? I just sense the Lord says that uh, you are stepping into a new season. It's almost like you've been in a room, you know, and, and you just, you survive in this room. You're like, like the floor has uh, uh, broken boards and there's like leaky spots in the roof and stuff's coming. It's like, well, man, we, we, we can't, there's nothing we can do, right? We cannot get out of here. We're just like stuck in this place. But I see the Lord almost like, it's, it's kind of cool. It's almost like he's saying, he's coming like in a, like a limousine. He's going to pick you up. He's going to give you some preferential treatment. He's going to restore the aches and the pains and the wounds of yesterday. Amen. And he's going to give you a new lease Amen. and a new freedom on life. Amen. There's going to be a new joy that's going to enter into your heart. A new joy that's going to begin to fill your soul. And just like the gentleman over here, God says, you're going to dream again. For there have been dreams that have been dashed against the rocks and hopes that have been smashed and, and expectations that have just, so to say, lost the, the, the air and lost the steam. But God says, today, I'm going to restore your hope and your expectation. There's a cool verse in the book of Job. and It talks about when a tree is cut down to a stump. But the Bible says even at the scent of water, it's going to blossom and grow again. And the Lord says today, I'm sending you more than a scent of water. I'm sending the rain to pour upon your life that restoration and grace and blessing will be your portion. Just want to pray for you real quick. Father, thank you for this couple. Thank you for the, for the restoration that you're bringing. Amen. And I just hear you saying, Lord, that I'm going to restore to you the Amen. years Amen. that the canker worm and yeah. the palmer worm thank you, and the locust, the years that the enemy has eaten away, God says, I'm going to restore those years even back to you, said the Lord. But this is a new season and a day of restoration upon your hearts and upon your lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. ago I got through cleaning out my mom's estate and there was this guy that came in uh, to buy a bunch of junk which we thought was junk and after I, I'm looking at all what's beautiful to me and this man just wanted what was in the garage which was old rusty cans full of nails and screws and little hooks that my dad had saved for 60 years and I was like, what? And I said, what are you going to do with all these like jars and jars of rusty things? And he says, oh, I'm, I work for an artist. And he just was like, how much can I have for 10 bucks? I said, you can take it all because it's rusty. It's junk. And the Lord showed me a picture about the two of you that um, you have a, 
You have an ability to see beyond the rest in people. That you have an ability, first of all, that God's coming in and bringing your restoring to the two of you. A restoration that others said was impossible. That others have said a hopeless thing, written you guys off, hopeless. Other people have said, give up. But God is not a God that ever gives up on people because he sees a finished product. He sees the two of you as gold, not rusty metal. He sees you guys as beautiful and as sight. He has a great purpose for the two of you. But I see more than that, I believe the two of you, and part of the restoration of this process is that you are going to be reaching out to other people and having faith and hope in them. You're going to bring other people around you, and you're going to say, let's, let's together learn to pray together. Let's get a little circle of friends and see what would happen in prayer. Because as prayer is sown, as prayers are sown, there's going to be fruit come up in your life. Change in your friends, change in the circle of people around you. And I feel like what was rusty and worthless, what others, what I saw was rusty and worthless, God sees. See, God sees. The master artist sees as a beautiful finished product in the two of you. I just wipe away every curse that has been put on you and every name. I feel like names have been put on you that need to be taken off right now. You're not someone that doesn't finish the job. You're not someone that's uh, unreliable. You, I count you faithful, says the Lord. I count you reliable, says the Lord. I take off names. No more labels from the enemy are going to stick on you. The two of you are going to be a great trophy of grace. Even your marriage is going to help other marriages, says the Lord. The girl up there with the red hat, I don't know. The red She's waving, she's waving at you. I can't see that far away, but I just had a, a scripture for you, and it was, I lost my glasses. You know, okay, well, it's just from, um, it's just a song about a seal on, on where's, where's your glasses, honey? <laughs> he bought me 10 pairs of those dollars. They're in your pocket. And, yeah, they're there. I got her, man, I'm sorry. I didn't memorize it really quick. I'm sorry. Um, Song of Solomon 8. Place me like a seal over your heart, or like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. Today the Lord puts a seal on your heart. A seal that his purpose is good. He has good things for you. There's a seal on you. There's a brand on you. That was a, that was a branding mark, a tattoo, really, a modern day, an old day tattoo. There's a mark on you for God's purpose. He has sealed you for his purpose. 
You may have secular uh, education to do and things, but God has got a pastoral journey for you. He's got you in a ministry path. He's actually marked you, and you're not going to... You're going to do a lot of training, but he's marked you. He's marked you. Amen. Amen. Good stuff, huh? Good, good stuff. Amen. I've just got a few little things here right now. Young lady, right here. You're looking right at me. You know, you have this. Why don't you stand up? God bless you. You, you, you got such a, a humble heart. But you got one of those feelings sometimes that God just kind of passes over me and he touches others. And does he really know where I'm at? God knows exactly to know where you're at. God, the Bible says this, to this one I will look, even to him who is of a broken and a contrite heart and who trembles at my word. There's, a, there's an incredible brokenness in you. You've cried to God, one, because you want to do things right and you don't want to be swept away. You've cried also that you would be used and, and you would cry out that you would make your life count and you just won't kind of be a throwaway and a castaway. And you've, you've cried out to God that you would be pleasing to him in everything that you do. I just see you even at night just weeping and praying and see you on your knees praying and crying. You have cried and cried and cried and cried. And the Lord comes this day to say to you, I have heard your cries and I have heard your prayers and I'm gonna answer you for I have been with you in the day of trouble. There are some circumstances that could break people. It could destroy some women that have not destroyed you. You have been maintained and sustained with the very grace of God. You felt you were weak at times. You almost wanted to check yourself into a mental institution. You just, just felt like, man, I just, our little, our little secret. Not now. There's just, there's just been God has sustained you. He sustains you. He's given you peace. And you're a miracle testimony of what he can do. And what God's going to do is he's going to do such a restorative work in your life. He's going to give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise. He's going to put a bonnet of dignity upon your head. There has been a false shame upon you. It's not a shame of what you've done, but there's just a stain upon you that's not of your doing. And I believe the Lord is going to take that off of you tonight. There's an inferiority that he's going to heal in you. You're a princess. Let me, give you, let me give you my life verse out of the Song of Solomon. I think you can find it also in Psalm 112. That he takes the poor from the dust, from the ashes, and he sets them among the princes. You're going to walk as a woman of dignity, woman of influence, 
a woman is equal to any woman in this house. You're going to put your shoulders back. You're not going to feel like a second-rate citizen as you're going to feel like a woman of great value. Not just that God loves you, but he wants to use you. And he's going to give you... And he's going to give you boldness. He's going to conquer that timidity that's in you. He's going to break it down, and you're going to step out, and you're going to get into people's face. And you're going to say, man, you can, you can do this. I can, if I can do this, you can do this. So tonight I pray, Father, that you will comfort my sister's heart. Tonight I pray that you will bring peace upon her spirit. And Father, whatever this shame is, that Lord, it is the, is the, it's the result of things done, that she's been a victim of evil, I take off of her tonight. I take off of her tonight. That she would know that when she prays, like you stood for Stephen, you stand for her. And that Lord, she's not a castaway. And Lord, she's not gonna fall short. Lord, she's not going to be taken out. But you have sustained her in the night season. Songs of deliverance have surrounded her. And she's here tonight as a trophy of your absolute faithfulness in her life and her absolute union and communion with you. And that, Lord, that she is now going to be that which will encourage others to pursue radically the will of God and not to give up, not to turn back, because, Lord, you said in your word, if anyone turns back, my soul shall have no pleasure in them. That she has not turned back. And let her be one that saves many from turning back to turn them to you. In Jesus name. Amen. You know, brother, sound booth man, how you doing? I, I, I saw you working like one-on-one -on -one with men who have some really deep pain. I, I, I see guys like have post-traumatic stress from combat. And I see you helping them through it. I see men dropping their darkest secrets on you and you just kind of being a brother that's a soundboard just to hear them out. I believe whether you've been in the military or not, you're going to have some grace for the guys who, who have really come out of some tough situations defending our freedoms and our country. and You will help them through. You're going to help other men who just feel like they can't talk to anybody, but they'll talk to you. And somehow, you know, they think they're shocking you, and there's no shock in you. You just, hey, grace of God is able. We'll get through this. And you have this ability, brother, that when you're working with somebody, you're not like over and, and they're under. I mean, they may share some things that are pretty like, my goodness, how could you have that problem? But you're not going to treat them like they're a project. You're going to treat them like they're your best friend. And, um, what you're going to do, you're going to put dignity in them. I worked with a man who has seen combat. And he's a man, he's actually a pastor. But I knew he had this thing within him that was not good. And I sat him in my office and I talked about the thoughts that were going in his mind that were not of the Lord. And I said, how do you see yourself? This is a gospel preaching, 
Holy Ghost baptized man of God. He says, I see myself as a murderer. And we had to take that stain off of him. And I see you like a guy with rubber gloves and sponges taking the stain off of men. Amen. The woman in the back, just clap your hand, blonde haired lady, you got a double you know, button coat on. Were you here this morning with your husband? Was that you? Is he here tonight? Okay, well, you're going to give him this word. I felt that I should have given it this morning, but I just got lazy. <laughs> but I feel like you're, you're facing something in business that it, it's not like a tragedy, but it's like you got to, got to, like a mountain won't move. And God's going to do something with you with faith to cause it to melt. And I want to read you a verse out of the book of Zechariah. I think God's going to take you to another level and you're kind of stuck in a holding pattern. You're kind of stuck at this place. And this is what he said to Zerubbabel. He said, chapter 4, verse 7, it's for you and your husband. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstones with shouts of grace, grace to it. You're to speak grace to whatever this mountain is that you guys are facing. You may think, well, other people have big, you know, bigger problems, but it's an issue because I believe it's contingent upon you and your husband going to the next level. Speak to the mountain, grace, grace, and it's going to melt with faith. It's going to melt with faith. I have a ministry friend of mine who has this weird superstition. You walk into a restaurant and they can't seat you, he'll just say, grace, grace. And they think, you know, you get seated in five minutes. So we're in Washington, D.C., wall-to-wall people. The hostess says, it's going to take 45 minutes to get a seat. And under his breath next to me, he's going, grace, grace. <laughs> I mean, really? Really? Seated us in five minutes. Sat down and said, grace, grace. <laughs> I think God just wants you and your husband, whatever this mountain is, did you guys are to speak to this sucker? It's not something, what do we have to learn from this? I don't think you're, a, we have, what do we have to learn from this season? I think you're in a season where God's telling you to fight with faith and let the word of faith melt that mountain. I hope this makes you. Mark, Sue. Marcus. So I felt uh, just with somebody here, I don't know, uh, with Laura says like in your ear, you've got something kind of going in your ear and you've been kind of fighting that, uh, like just your balance, you know, your balance has been off for a while. And I believe the Lord just wants to uh, take care of that situation for you. I believe God's going to just move that vertical from out of your, uh, just, he's going to heal you from that tonight. So if that's you, I want you to stand. I want to pray for you. I believe God's going to just take care of the vertigo. Vertigo. Oh, oh you're right here. Okay. You got one up there too, Mark. You got one on the balcony. Okay. All right. Okay. 
All right, so uh, go ahead, stand. Sometimes it's more than one person who trust the Lord just to take care of this. If somebody's standing around you, just uh, put a hand on them. And we're going to believe God just to do a miracle. Father, in each one of my brothers and sisters that are standing, God, we speak to whatever's going on in the air. And we say, Lord, we thank you that you are a healer and you are a deliverer. And tonight, by faith, God, we believe that you're touching. And then, Lord God, you are restoring tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we speak healing. Lord, no more dizziness. Father God, we just say from this day forward, Lord, let there just be a release, a healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just want to pray, just pray for a, just a few body things. Sometimes the Lord will want me to do it like this, and I just want to do it like this. So if you're, if you're here and you've got just some stuff going on in your abdominal area, don't know what it is, could be ulcers, could be acid reflux, could be diverticulitis, I don't know. Whatever it is, if you have something going on in your midsection, I want you to stand, just put your hand right there. We're going to just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you are a healer. Lord, heal. And you are a deliverer. And Father God, we speak to these infirmities in the name of Jesus. And God, we decree healing to come forth even now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. There's somebody in your lungs. I don't know. Uh, some kind of inflammation that's in your lungs that's a, that affects your breath, your breathing even now. That lung condition that you have, I believe the Spirit of God is breathing up on that and just bringing a healing. If you even take a deep breath now, you, you'll just be able to feel that your lungs are able to expand and in Jesus' name. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Just thank the Lord for his touch in your body. Jesus, we praise on, you. Jesus. We praise on, you, Lord God. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord. I want to Lord. pray for some knees. We were in, uh, uh, God, I always forget the name of this place. Where's, where's uh, Ron Steinbrenner's church? Up Edmonton. In Edmonton. And the Lord gave a word about uh, uh, just for, to pray for knees. And there was this lady after service, she just came and she kind of mobbed me. She goes, sit down, look at this. And, and uh, she hadn't been able even to, to bend her knee or move her knee, and she was, you know, kind of doing the Benny Hinn thing, you know, on her own. Look, and she's doing squats and all this kind of stuff, you know. I was like, God, Lord, you're so cool. But if you got some knee stuff going on tonight, just stand, and uh, we're going to pray for some knees tonight. Come on, come on. God is able. He's able. He's able. Come on, Jesus, heal Lord, we thank you. God. Bible says this: many are the afflictions of the righteous. We get them. We get a, a wide variety of afflictions, all different kind of ways. But the promise of God is that He will deliver from them all. So, Lord, we pray for every set of knees here. Lord, where there's deteriorated cartilage, Hallelujah. Father God, 
ligament damage, arthritis, pain. God Almighty, uh, for this lady right here in the back, she, you, uh, uh, you, you've got a kind of a black, white kind of flower. I believe even sometimes, yeah, you, even, so, I mean, there's sometime even at night where the pain you have could keep you up and not let you sleep. You're going to start sleeping. And God says, I'm going to cause that pain. I'm going to cause that pain to subside in Jesus' name. So Lord, everyone that's standing, God, we just speak miracle and we speak release in Jesus' name, Lord. God, over those physical bodies, over those physical bodies, in Jesus' mighty Amen. name. Amen. God, we thank you, Father God. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I believe the Lord is saying that even out of this house, that, that, that God is raising up a, a healing army. We used to sing a song back in the 80s, God's got an army marching through the land. Deliverance is their song with healing in their hands. And I believe that's for this house. You're going to be an army that's going to go forth and healing is going to be in your hands. I believe there will be so many testimonies of healing and deliverance that just happen just out in the street, you know, at a Starbucks or where it's just, just out there in the community where the people are. There's going to be just such a, a outpouring and, and, and gr grace that's going to be up on this church just to minister to the whole persons. The day will come when you will, people, you can mark these words, People will come through these doors and they'll say, hey, I, I, I hear that there's healing in this place. I came here because I needed to get some healing. And you guys, you guys will jump on it like white on rice. You know, praying and just seeing the hand of God move in just some wonderful ways. Amen. 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 I kind of felt that there could be a, a man here I just sent something in the right hip I almost think it's work injured related it may not be but if you're here you got a, a right hip issue could be the right lower back but it's kind of like right here and it's it's giving you a gimp raise your hand amen why don't you stand up sir stand up jail you think that could be you Mine too comes and goes comes and goes amen Amen. We're going to pray for you too. Amen. Was this a work-related injury? Amen. It's a right hip. Amen. Father, we pray right now. First, is there anything that you, that you couldn't, you can't do right now? You say, you're going to do one of those things on me? I'll be very gentle. Okay. Is there anything you can't do right now that, that without, pain, without pain? Like, it just hurts all the time. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name. We speak to this hip right now, to my brother, the discomfort, the inflammation that's there. God, we speak for a, a touch of the Holy Spirit upon that hip right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you just to kind of test that for a second. We pray for this brother who has this, uh, this hardcore t-shirt on. Right hip, amen? Wow. We're going to let you get back to being hardcore. Father, I just pray for my brother right now in Jesus' name. Is there anything you can't do right now, brother? Is there anything you can't do right now, like you can't bend over? Or is there anything? You're, you're just, it just hurts. You can do everything, but it just ain't feeling good. 
Well, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, you'll heal that right now. Take away pain. Take away pain. Lord, we pray you send your word. We send your word to him. You got pain right now in your right hip still? You don't have to make anything up. Just a little uncomfortable. Father, we just, I believe we, get, we, we rush healing sometimes too much. Father, we just pray you continue to heal this. Touch it. Come on, Lord, let a burning thing go on. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost overshadow this body. Amen. My friend Mike Heron, who was at our church, guy gave up and had a right shoulder, got someone with a right shoulder or left shoulder thing. Mike's a tremendous golfer. He's, uh, he's like a pro level. Couldn't golf. He couldn't, you know, swing that arm. Didn't get healed on the spot, but he just told me the other night, he goes, from that point on, all of a sudden my shoulder started getting better. And, man, I'm playing golf like great. He's like, I got healed in your church kind of thing. So we're not putting time limits on God. Father, touch Pastor J.O. Let the touch come on him, even on this hip that goes in and out, in and out. Lord God, as a strength, as days, I should say, so let his strength be. Let this thing heal. Let this thing heal. Brother, you got anything changing and discomfort in your hip over there? Still, still, still sore? It's doing better? Can you bend around and swivel around a little bit? You think something's happening to you? Amen. I just don't want to be, be adrenaline. I want it to be the Holy Ghost. Amen. We don't have to make anything up. We're just, we're just here just testing. Okay. And right now, how are you doing there? It's a little lubricated. Come on, Lord, keep lubricating it. I want, you to, I want you to test it through the night. You come back tomorrow morning, I want to hear from you, okay? Amen.
to give glory to me, says the Lord. And I would that you would use all that I've given to you for my glory and see what I would do with your life. Give me every corner of your your thoughts and your 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 plans and see what I would do. How I would blow in, says the Lord, and create new opportunities, even blessings to you. Even um, I just come today and say, the cloudiness of your mind be gone. Let there be a new clarity come to you in Jesus' name. Come and see. Come and see. Well, you know what? I know this sounds because I don't know you, but you know, and I don't do this all the time. I live a normal life. I don't have kids or grandkids. I don't walk around and do this. But God, sometimes when we're in and out in the spirit of prayer, and debt, and these people have been praying and fasting and and I've been fasting, oh, we press in. Sometimes God just opens the heavens a little crack and we get just a little grain of, of a glimpse of what he sees. So we don't live in this world. This is really supernatural. But just for everyone here to know that the supernatural comes, to, comes in little bits, like a little teaspoon of what God knows. I don't know anything about you. But I just, the word about family, I just, um, so maybe it's, your family, I don't know, but um, if you brought him, I just feel like someone that came with you, your family has um, done you, I, I hate to be so, you know, get honest here, your family's done you harm, but God doesn't want to do your harm, and he wants to restore things that people really ripped off from you, and God loves to come in and bring healing to our hearts, not just our bodies, our bodies for sure, but our hearts, because in the heart, everything else comes. We can put on a strong face and get to work, but it, when our hearts are healed, we're freer to do his, uh, do all that he has for us. And I just want to pray for a healing for your heart today. I feel like there's a healing from every wrong that has been committed against you. The Lord comes today and he brings you a great healing because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He wants to be a dad to you. He wants to love you with the love of a father. And you know the love of a father. Amen. Amen. My, my CrossFit buddies over here that worked out with me today and schooled me. Why don't you guys step out over here? Okay. Amen. You know, you know, you, you kind of made a comment today, sister. You just kind of said, yeah, I want a word. And I said, you know, I got to give her a word. Amen. You know, you guys are graced in this level. And you've been functioning in this level. 
You want a word. And I believe God's taken the lid off of the two of you and what you think is your role and capacity in the kingdom of God. I mean, you are, you are kingdom people. You love Jesus. You're just excited about the things of, of the Lord. But you don't see yourself as leaders. You see yourself, we'll get underneath, we'll support, we'll be cheerleaders, we'll enjoy God's presence. This is, this is really fun. But uh, there's a time when it's not just going to be fun, it's going to be responsible. And God's putting a, a yoke of leadership upon the two of you. And um, brother, you're going to be a man of God. And what I mean by that, you're just not going to walk around as a man of good character, but you're going to be a man who, who's going to speak in front of people. You got, you, got a, you got an evangelistic spirit within you. You got a burden for this generation. You hate insincerity. You hate error. And you love truth because you see what error does to people. So, you, man, it breaks your heart when someone's believing something goofy because you'll see where it's destroyed. You know what that is? That's called a pastor's heart. <laughs> And so the Lord is going to come tonight, and the word of the Lord to you is report to duty, because I'm going to lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes and increase the habitation of your capacity, and you're going to rise in this church like cream on milk. You're going to start off with small groups and, you know, ministering to people in that capacity, and you're going to move from there to making leaders and coaching people. And I just see you becoming leaders of small group leaders. You're just going to kind of, you're just going to kind of rise, and and uh, you have just conquered so many things within yourself and your own view of yourself, and and uh, you you would just have climbed from one place to the next place. There's just victory within you. You have beat things that would in your mind. You've beat things in your spirit. You say, I will not be defeated by this thing. I will grow and I will go. Wow. You know, we have a lot of prophecies here of evil done to people. And I believe at one time evil was done to you. And when you looked at that situation, you just said, you will not beat me, I will beat you. And you're a winner. And there's going to become a growing confidence in who you are. You're going to have a you're going to have a confidence in your ability to speak and to think on your feet. And, and there's a capacity within you to organize and to structure, to put things together. You, you have great capacity to be like a little general and point to this one, do this, and that one, do that, and just stand like a brass wall. We're not going to move until we get this done. You're kind of anal if you really want to know the truth. God's going to use that because, man, you're going to have like a mother putting clothes in her son's suitcase, you know. He puts it in, everything's t-shirts are flying out the side, and she just knows how to press everything and put everything in there so everything fits. You're going to make this thing run right because you guys are going to get stretched, and you're going to grow. And brother, you're, you got authority. One, because you're big. 
but two, just because when you speak and you share, you just got this no-nonsense thing that people are going to listen. You got an evangelistic heart, but he's going to take the net now. He's going to put a shepherd's staff in this thing, and you're going to care for the people of the Lord. I believe as you move forward, some of your life plans are going to get altered. And maybe the way you view, you know, someone's called into the ministry, and I'm talking even vocationally, he's going to change a prejudice in you on what that looks like. And uh, you will find yourself full of doing the kingdom of God. I believe one day you will not be employed in the world, but you'll be employed in the kingdom of God. Father. Pray, God, that you will do this in Jesus' name. You'll work every promise, bring it to pass, shake them up, stretch them, increase their capacity. And Father God, give them many people. This such is a church, this is a church of ordinary people doing extraordinary things for God. You're a part of that great company. And God, I call them out of the stuff hiding tonight. And I, I, ca I call them, I call them by your spirit into the place of reporting for duty to do the kingdom of God, to do his will, to extend his kingdom, and to be his leaders. And what the Lord's doing in this place is a great work. And as even as I told Moses, you'll have leaders of 50 and hundreds and thousands. So you'll be a part of that. It'll grow from the 50s to the hundreds to the thousands. And you will find increased capacity Increase capacity. Brother, you're going to find yourself studying the Word of God like you've never studied it. You're just going to search the Scriptures and dig into the Bible and take courses online. And you're just going to become just a man consumed with a passion to know the Word of God. Sometimes you say, that's wrong. Then you go, I don't know why it's wrong, but I know it's wrong. You're going to know why it's wrong. You're going to be strong. You're going to be like Apollos. You're going to be mighty in the scriptures. Father, do this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, you come to a meeting where three people are kind of hand the mic over to each other and playing prophetic tag team. <laughs> and um, kind of feeling like, what is this all about? Really, prophecy comes to just reveal that God is present. And because God is all-knowing, He allows us to get a fragment of His thought about a particular aspect of your life. It's, you know, the Bible says if in Psalm 139, if we could number the thoughts of God, they're greater than the sand on the seashore. So the way I look at the prophetic is the prophetic is like one of these big five-gallon, five-gallon, ten-gallon basket and robin buckets of ice cream. And you come there, and they give you a little sample spoon. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of dig out, just kind of taste it. Well, this is the full knowledge of God. And, and all we got is this little plastic little plastic spoon that kind of dips in there and prophesy in part. We see through a glass darkly, and, and that's okay. I'm not here to, to show off, but we're here just trying to help disclose. But the Bible says, if you all prophesy, 
And there's one here who's untaught or, or an unbeliever. The secrets of his heart are revealed. And falling on his face, he will say, God is truly among you. And you might be here tonight, you're looking at this meeting, people are getting prayed for, and, and people feeling like they're touched, and things are taking place, and people are crying and bawling, and these guys seem to be, you know, kind of falsely accused as psychics, but just people trying to find the mind of God, and we're speaking some pretty heavy things to people, and, but man, it just seems like heaven's here, and love's here, and family's here, and What's this all about? It's about Jesus. Yes. And that he knows everything about your life. Oh, yeah. But not only does he know, he cares. And he'll break through from heaven through all the clouds of confusion and questions and doubt and insecurities and hurt and pain and, and just feeling directionless. And he'll come right there and reveal his thoughts because he loves you. But the biggest thing he wants to do is to save your soul. Jesus, Jesus said, don't, don't, don't rejoice that demons are subject to you in, your, in, in my name. And when 70 returned back from a, a crusade, he sent them on. But he says, rejoice in this, that your names are written in the book of life. Yes. Just to get saved is a prophetic encounter because Jesus <laughs> reveals Jesus to you and you might be here tonight and maybe you've been away from Jesus a long time and maybe you've been seeking for answers and you find yourself here maybe you've been coming to church here for a few weeks or a few months and you're kind of a person looking at that pool and I love to dive in but it looks kind of cold and you just kind of want to wade in but God's really saying you know I'm here tonight for you to dive completely in and let me just, just trust me to transform your life. Trust me to put you back together again. Trust me that my plan, even though it's going to require sacrifice, is much better than you doing your own thing. My plan will end in blessing. Your plan will end in death. And I want you to accept my plan. Allow me to be the leader of your life to run your life, to wash away anything you've done wrong, to put it off the record, write your name in the book of life, and say, you are recorded with every saint who has ever called upon my name. You are part of that company, part of that family, part of that assembly, and you will be with me for eternity. Now that's a great plan. And if you're here tonight, and you might be one of those people coming back, or a first-timer, and you say, man, I want to jump in. We're not here to judge you. We're here to just, all we're going to do is party and clap that you want that. Let us just help you in that. We're going to be bold. Everyone looking around and every eye open. and Just come on. We don't bite. We just, we just love you. Just wave at me. Could that be you? God bless you. 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 Come on, come on, come on, amen, amen. I think I'm, we're just going to all say a prayer together. Can we all say a prayer together? Yeah. You just say this prayer, we'll say this prayer, 
and we're just going to, and God, he said, well, you're telling me what to pray. But you know what? I'm just helping you formulate what's already in your heart. That's all I'm doing. It's a good thing. Let's repeat after me. Father in heaven, I believe you're here in this place. And I come to you. And I surrender my life to you. And I believe that Jesus Christ, that you are the Son of God. And that you died for me. And that you prove you were the Son of God. Because you rose from the dead. And now you're here by your Spirit. Knocking on my heart. For me to give myself to you. And I give myself to you, Lord. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life and make me a new creature. And I commit to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. You prayed that prayer. Bible says, man, your name got recorded in that book of life. Let's tell them we welcome you to the family. Now, there's one more thing else I, I want to do before we kind of bring a chapter. I mean, it's been wild three days. You just kind of kept us busy. Feed us and push us. <laughs> we, got, we, got three we got three services tomorrow morning. Man, this is like warp speed ministry here. And that is, Jesus, John the Baptist said this about Jesus. He said, there's one coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals and tie his shoelaces. And, but he is the one who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. So people think that Jesus kind of finished his ministry. No, he only finished his ministry here on earth. Theologically, it's called Jesus is in his session right now. He is sitting next to the right hand. What's that right hand thing? That's the place of favor in the Bible times. He sits in the place of the favor of the Father. And his ministry now is to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus went to the feast after a few days it was going. He wouldn't go there early. His brothers said, come on, show yourself, show yourself. He goes, no, no, it's not my hour. And every day during that seven-day feast, they would go with the priests that would carry these pitchers and go down to the pool of Siloam, and they would pull water out of it, and they would sing Isaiah 12, and we shall draw water out of the wells of salvation, and we shall say, praise the Lord. And as they're doing that, Jesus stands to his feet at the pool of Siloam, and he yells out, Is anybody thirsty? Let him come to me and I will give him drink. And out of his inner person, rivers will flow out of him. Now there's a lot of Christians that got rivers flowing into them. But Jesus didn't say the river is just going to flow into you. It's going to flow out of you. Some of you have Jesus in you, but he wants to come on you. He wants to give you a fuller expression of his spirit. You can have all sorts of debates what that means, but 
the, the fact is he just wants to have more of you. Possession. One of the things that takes place when he baptizes the Holy Spirit is this weird thing called speaking in tongues. And don't get all fret. It's just that you're speaking in languages that, the, that the God is speaking to your mind, telling your tongue what to say. It just flows out. And your spirit is praying, Paul says. My spirit, that dimension of you is praying with the Holy Spirit. A friend of mine, Daryl Corbin, was in India praying for a bunch of Eastern Indias in India, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this man who couldn't speak a lick of English, not one word of English, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. You know what he was saying? Right in front of Daryl. I am a completed man. I am a completed man. Now, now God wants to come, and he wants, just to re, he wants to just make you a completed Christian. Not that you're a second-rate Christian. I'm not saying that. Paul moved in words of wisdom and knowledge and everything else prior to being filled with the Spirit. I can show you in the book of Acts. But how many of you want more of God? Yeah. You know, people argue with me. It's a simple question. You just want less or more of God? I mean, what do you want? I want more of God. Even where I'm at, I want more. I haven't arrived. And I believe tonight God wants to baptize people in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You're not weird. And it's not like you're going to be a weirdo walking out of here. You're going to be at Safeway. It's going to come out of your mouth. And I call it God's dumbbells. The Bible says he who speaks in unknown tongues, he actually builds himself up. Praying, build ourselves up praying in the Holy Spirit. And it's just, it's just God's tool to release that. And he'll use it supernaturally. I have a friend who pastors a church. He has a person that speaks in tongues in the congregation. He has a person who has a gift of interpretation. And he had this one person who speaks in tongues speaks in a particular dialect. And there's a woman in his church who comes from the country of this dialect. So he speaks in tongues. This person interprets and the person who can speak the language says, that was my tongue. That's what he said. And she interpreted correctly. Come on, Jesus is in the house. He's in the house. So we got to get out of this. We got to get out of weird Christianity, and we got to get out of just being cool Christianity. We got to find something in the middle, don't we? We got to be funny, cool, relevant, but anointed. And if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, J.O. is an evangelist, and he draws people like a magnet. Okay, and so there's always, this ain't a word of knowledge. I know people have been coming, you've been hungry, you've been tasting, but now you can be drinking and filling and it be coming out of you. Yeah. You're game for this tonight. Just stand to your feet. Mm. Some stood, some sat down. Okay. I just want those who are game for this tonight. You haven't had this experience, you want it tonight. All right. I know everyone wants more of God, but that's going to confuse what we're trying to do. You just stand right there. God bless you. Amen. Amen. This is your night. I mean, this is your night. It's his night. It's not about me no more. Yeah, well, no. It's going to be it's his gift to you tonight. All right, so how do you do this, Bob? Well... There's no room up here, so i got to believe for something. Now, the rest of you, if you do speak in tongues, I'm going to tell you to do something in a second. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my sister here, but I'm going to pray. Now, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to instruct you on this because I see people making mistakes. 
I've been slain by the spirit before. Well, and that's okay. Some, something else is going to happen to you, sweetie. Okay. All right, you stay right there. Just stay right there. All right. Just rest. That's okay. You're doing good. You're doing good. Okay. Let me give an instruction here. Now, I don't want any Pentecostal massages going on. No. Okay? No, no. I'm, just, I'm, I'm talking to the crowd. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the crowd. Okay, all right. I want you to just lay your hand gently on the person and just pray in the spirit. And if you've stood, how, you say, well, how is this going to happen? When I pray, I'm going to pray for God to fall on you. People are going to be laying their hands on you. They're not going to push you over, shake you up, or grab your jaw and start moving it. Okay? But when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count, after I pray, I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to say, go. You're saying, what is this? This is just, I believe God honors faith. And as I say, go, you step out, just step out. Don't speak in English, but you got to say something. You say, well, what do I do? Your mind's going to tell your tongue exactly what to do. It's going to make up sounds that sound like babble to you. Paul says your understanding is unfruitful. Just, just trust me in that two-second step of faith and watch something begin to flow out of your life. Some of you are going to just get touched. Some other things are going to take place. So here, we, you ready? Church, Okay. T touch these people. Don't kill them. Okay? Brett, now don't do anything yet. Everyone quiet down. I'm going to pray a prayer. Father, I thank you. You're going to stay here with me. You're going to be my personal project tonight. Father, I pray right now. In the name of Jesus, your son who sits next to your right hand. Peter says, sitting right next to the right hand of the Father, he has poured out this said on the day of Pentecost, which you now see and hear. Lord Jesus, you're the baptizer of the Spirit. And so we pray tonight that what you do, you will do here. Empower these people with the power of the Holy Spirit. Shake them. Stir them. Let languages come out of them. And let a clothing of the Holy Spirit come now. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you come by the Spirit now. In Jesus' name. Now, on a count of three, we're all going to start speaking in tongues. And you're just going to let this thing. Some say, well, you're not supposed to do it in public. Right, but I've explained this all. This is a little workshop right now. Yeah. Sunday morning, we won't do that in the mic. But right now, we are. Count of three. One, two, three. Go. That's it. Just let that thing flow. Okay, that's it. Just let it out. Just let it out. Just let, look at this. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That's it. Amen. Just let it go. Just let it flow out of your mouth. Just, amen. You can't move your mouth. It doesn't work with your lips closed. God's not going to send an angel down to open your jaw. Just step out in faith. Lord, in Jesus' name, just step out in faith. It's going to come flowing out of you. God is touching you. Just let it flow. Um, I know some, some people are shy. and It's just a shy barrier. You can break through this. God, let release this now. Lord, let cloven tongues of fire in the Spirit. Come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Release. Release the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Pray 
for that pray for that lady right there. Which Luke, one? The, the blonde oh. lady. The blonde lady right there, yeah. Jesus. Jesus, pray for Montana. Thank you, Lord. Just touch him. Just touch him. In the name of Jesus. Come on, keep it up. We're not gonna press, we're gonna press in. Jesus. Jesus. We receive. We receive. We receive. We receive. We receive. We receive. Amen. Now sometimes in meetings like this, I've watched people get a little sound only to go into their car and it gushes out. Others did nothing in a setting like that. They go home and something happens to them. I've seen people touched in parking lots because we asked for Jesus to pour his spirit out. He poured his spirit out. And whether you spoke in tongues or not, you got touched. And it's just going to be a matter of time, moments. It's going to be flowing out. Lord, again, just release it right now. Lord, right now, fall. Touch. Fill, Jesus. Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name you got something Trover we sing give me something here to close us out here
Wow. God is good, isn't he? Say this with me, believe. I would highly encourage you to believe. In 1986, December the 7th, I surrendered my life to Christ on Pearl Harbor Day. And, and for about two years, I just struggled bad. But in March of 88, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, my life has never been the same since. The, the bars that I once bounced in, I was on the streets preaching the gospel in front of and witnessing, doing my best, stumbling all over myself. The things that I had struggled in, immensely handicapped in panic attacks and chronic anxiety and depression. There was, there was these areas of healing that took place. Please believe. Believe. There was ones that, that they were moved upon. They watched the baptism of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts. And they, they did many things the way they responded, but there was a group of them that mocked. Do anything but mock. Because the Holy Spirit is so wonderful. He's so precious. And I just encourage you to, to believe. Those who, those who receive tonight. Uh, you know, I remember when my wife, which was my friend at the time, prayed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she called me like at midnight going, Oh, man, I'm filled with the Holy I mean, it was just wonderful. We don't limit how God wants to do it, but believe. Tr check this out. I think the worst enemy of the Holy Spirit is this, the traditions of man that makes the Word of God of no effect. People are raised in it. I was raised up in a denomination that did not um, honor that or didn't talk about it much. And I tell you what, it can be a stronghold in the hearts of man and minds. And I just encourage you. I just encourage you. God has so much beautiful things for you. Amen? Uh, can we thank um, the ministry here that came tonight? And They're going to be ministering all three services tomorrow. Pastor Mark is going to be preaching at 8.30 and 10. And then Pastor Bob's going to be preaching at 11.30. And uh, I would highly encourage you. Everyone say 8.30. That's a great service to come to. That's, it's usually a little more room in that service. There just practically is. So... Um, Praise God. Let's close in prayer. Let's... Father, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. Thank you for every word. I think about the jollies and I think about the different folks that you've spoken over their life tonight, God, and on and on and on. What a beautiful thing that you have done. I was like a man who dreamed. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing what you're doing and in Heart of the City Church, how you're building the church and how you're moving. Father, we don't take it for granted. We hunger for you. We're desperate for you. I ask that you protect every individual. Lord, I pr pray that you would protect every word. The enemy would come to 
still kill and destroy, to snatch the seed out of the heart of man. And we pray your protection, firewall around them tonight, and be the glory in their midst. God, I just thank you for what you're doing. We bless you. I, I pray the blessing of the Lord over every person here that makes one rich and adds no sorrow. Father, shine your countenance down upon your people tonight. Give them great rest, great sleep. And um, Lord, let your will be done tomorrow, God. We thank you that the kingdom of God is amongst us. We love you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I hope to see you tomorrow, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.